You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. All right, we're in the last part of our series called Culture Shift, and um, I preached a message a couple of weeks back called the Culture Shift Gospel. This is part two on that message, if you wanted to go back and look at that. We wanted to explore some of the like dominant ideologies and dominant sort of, I guess, political correctness that's going on in our world right now. And the challenge I, I see is that if we're not careful, the culture that we're living in will get in and permeate our faith and we'll start to live a Christianity that's more like the gospel of culture than it is the gospel of Jesus. And I challenge that the gospel of culture is built on, the last message I shared, uh, the gospel of culture is built on feelings and it's built on compromise. Uh, And I want to explore two other things that the gospel of our culture right now is being built on. And I want to challenge us to move away from that and get our firm foundation back on the word of God because a shifting culture is a poor foundation to build our life on. You guys with me today? Awesome. So good to have our online as well. Grab your notes. It's in the app. It's going to come up in the chat. Here's my thoughts. The gospel of culture right now, the culture that we're in, the gospel of culture is built on, number one, conformity. Conformity. Here's a few passages of scripture you might find in the gospel of culture Bible. These aren't in your Bible. I made these up. So don't get confused. And I was like, wow, that's the word of God. Okay. Here's what you might find in the gospel of culture. I have called you to be in the world and of the world. If you don't agree with popular opinion, you're a bigot. If your brother offends you, cancel him. I never offended anyone. That's why no one wanted to crucify me. That's Jesus, by the way. (laughs) Agree with everyone so that everyone will like you. The kingdom of heaven is like a popularity contest where the main goal is to win the approval of the people around you. Okay, those were made up. Supposed to be funny. Obviously, it didn't land that well today. (laughs) There it is. Jeepers. Tough crowd around here, man. Even, like, for my sake, a sympathy laugh. That's all I need. Worked hard on these. Need to go back and look at my script again. One of the favorite buzzwords right now in our culture today is the word tolerance. Here a lot, tolerance. We're all about tolerance, inclusivity, diversity, and tolerance. Tolerance is a great idea. It's a great word, and it's got a great meaning. Like, we're going to tolerate the differences that we have. You know, we're different, and we have different ways of living and being and stuff. And so we tolerate each other. It's, it's lovely. Um, I, I like to think I'm a, quite a tolerant person. There are a few things in this world I don't like, but I tolerate. One of those is eating noises. Any, any friends in here with me? Eating noises, can't stand them. It's like badly can't stand them. You know you've got a problem with something when you have to go get therapy for it. I went to a counselor. I promise you, hand on my heart, I went and got therapy because eating noises drove me so crazy. It's like every time I hear loud eating, like the demons would come out in me, man. It was like, man, it was just, it was bad. So I don't like it, but I tolerate it. I'll move tables in a restaurant if I have to, but I tolerate it. The other thing I tolerate, which I don't like, is people parking too close to the line in the car park. There's two lines, bro. Get in the middle. Is it that hard? I'm blessed of the Lord that I've got a frame that can slip out of skinny spaces, but don't make me do that. The the other thing I I tolerate is people making bald person jokes to me. Like, every bald person, we know we're bald. We get it. 
like we, we know, it's, it's not a creative joke. It's like get some original material. We, we don't make fun of your physical deficiencies, so don't make fun of ours. Anyway, <laughs> I tolerate Auckland traffic. Don't like it. Very tolerate. I tolerate long school prize givings. What is it with schools and thinking, let's make this prize giving as long and boring as we possibly can? It's like the planning committee gets together and goes, last year, way too short, way too fun. Let's make it longer and more exhausting. I'm like, yes, we've got to give every kid an award now, but let's just keep that baby moving. Like, um, I've got places to be. The last prize giving I was at nearly made me an alcoholic. I'm just saying, like, it's like I know uh, people drink now. I'm joking, by the way. <laughs> what, another thing I tolerate, I don't like it, but I tolerate it, is people who insist on packing their bags when you go through the, with the, the security checkout at the, at the airport, where they, take, they start repacking their bag on the conveyor, and they hold up the whole line. I'm like, bro, take your time. It's okay, we've got nowhere else to be. There's a plane leaving. Just take your time. There's a table. It's called a packing table. You can take your stuff and pack it. I don't like it, but I tolerate it. Very tolerant person. Tolerance is like a cultural pillar right now. It's like tolerance. We're all about tolerance. But what's interesting in our culture right now that is that tolerance actually means something else. Tolerance doesn't actually mean tolerance. Tolerance means tolerance conditional on conformity. Like we'll tolerate you as long as you believe what we believe. We'll tolerate you as long as you live like we live, as, as long as you agree with our ideology, as long as you are, like, it's a very interesting season to be a Christian in this culture, because culture wants us to be tolerant of all these things, but sometimes our faith says something different. Like, we'll tolerate you as long as you agree with us, as long as you conform, conform to what culture says and what culture believes. And if we allow this into our faith, if we start to live a faith that thinks, I've got to conform to the shifting things of culture, the shifting ideologies and the shifting narrative of culture, what we're going to try and do is make the Word of God fit culture rather than culture fit the Word of God, and we'll end up undermining and watering down the truth and foundation of God's Word and its authority in our lives. See, culture wants us to conform, but the gospel of Jesus isn't built on conformation, it's built on transformation. It's built on transformation. Romans 12.2 says this, And do not be conformed to this world. Our culture right now wants conformity. It says tolerance, but it means conformity. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Can I tell you, a transformed life by Jesus won't win you a popularity contest. It won't make you the most popular person on the planet Earth or most popular person in your workplace. But in a shifting culture that demands conformity, I believe we need to be a church that doesn't sound like and look like and act like and behave like and live like the world around us. We need a church that holds to truth, that has an anchor, firm foundation, firm footing in the Word of God, a church that is more interested in personal transformation than it is corporate conformation. Like, I'm not interested in us all being like the thing that culture tells us to be. I'm interested in God changing me, transforming me from the inside out. See, there are some things that we will always hold to as a church that will go against the shifting culture we're in. It always will. And that's okay. It's okay that you will live a different way in a culture that wants you to conform. 
We don't stand on culture. We don't stand on current culture. We stand on timeless truth. That's what we stand on. We are called to be in the world, but not of the world. My encouragement is this. For some of you in this room, you need to hear this. My encouragement is this. Stop worrying about conforming to the patterns of this world and trying to get your faith to fit in with culture and like stop trying to conform and stop worrying about needing to appease and please and conform and start being more concerned about what God is wanting to do in you to transform your life to be more like the person he's calling and creating you to be. The call of God for us is not to be like this world. It's patterns, it's customs, it's behaviors, it's way of thinking, it's ideologies. The call of God on us is to let him transform us from the inside out. Here's a question. I want you to ask this of yourself. Is there an area of my life where I am conforming rather than transforming? See, our quest is not to get scripture to fit our lives and our culture. Our quest is to get our lives to fit scripture. It's not to bring culture, like scripture to change and adapt it to make it fit our, what we think is right now, but it's to align my life with the truth of God's word. The gospel is built on transformation. The second thought I have is this. The gospel of culture is built on indulgence. Here's a few verses, once again, you might find in the gospel of culture. If you happen to have this book, this is the pages you might read. What does it profit a man if he gains his soul but loses the whole world? Do whatever, whenever, with whoever, because YOLO. Man does not live on bread alone. He needs a big house and a Lamborghini. I have come that they may have guilt-free immorality. Delight yourselves in this world and fulfill the desires of your heart. To the woman caught in sin, he said, go and sin some more. (laughs) Store up for yourselves treasures on earth because heaven is ages away. (laughs) Every year, we've got some American friends and every year we get together with them for a Thanksgiving dinner. It's like full-on American Thanksgiving dinner. We get together. We've been doing it for like seven or eight years, and it's awesome. It's amazing. Actually, some of them may even be watching right now on- online. And uh, like it's the full thing, like turkey, and like uh, there's, there's this bread that they make, and then there's like green bean casserole. And get this. They do mashed kumara with marshmallows melted on top. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why? But then you taste it then you know why. It's amazing. It's like change your life. I mean, these Americans, they know how to put calories in food. They <laughs> tell you what, it doesn't, it doesn't need sugar, but, it, but let's do it anyway. Kumara, nice, sweet, sweet potato. That's what it is. Marshmallows. Let's make it even better. It's unbelievable. It's like, it's incredible. So like the first few times we, we, we like, we ate before we got there. We learned that lesson. No, don't do that. Fast for 24 to 48 hours. <laughs> then show up ready, man. Show up in stretchy track pants. Like, come ready. And uh, we show up there, and, and you start eating, and, and it's like, it's amazing. But then there's, you know, there's that point where you're eating, and you're like, oh, I should stop. But then you go get another plate. And it's like, oh, man, I pushed myself way too far. I'm over the line. And you end up in what I call the food coma. We just lie on the couch, and the only thing you can do is breathe like this. Just hoping that you're going to recover soon. 
And then normally, after about 10 minutes of food coma breathing, you pass out. You just fall asleep for three or four hours. And, and, and what happens is the food that was really nice and really sweet and tasted good eventually makes you sick because you overindulged in the food. It was like too much. So you end up feeling sick and feeling awful because of it. I, I, can I say this? When your life is just in pursuit of satisfying every hunger and thirst and excess and indulgence and sin, what you'll ultimately discover is it doesn't leave you full, it doesn't leave you satisfied, it actually leaves you sick. When you spend your life just indulging in whatever you want, however you want, whenever you want, whatever sin, going down every track you could possibly do to fulfill those hungers and those lusts and those thirsts, you'll find yourself sick to your very soul. See, the gospel is not built on indulgence. And, and the danger we have is if we let this culture in, we will just treat, we will cheapen grace to the point where we just, I just do whatever I want and I'll just get grace. See, the gospel is not built on indulgence, it's built on repentance. Repentance gets a bad rap. Like the word repentance. Repent. Like my mom and dad tell me stories of growing up in church. So it was like the, the sermons were like, turn or burn, repent. I went down Queen Street not that long ago and there was like a, a, a sidewalk preacher, like preaching. There's always someone down there and they have the world's worst PA system. It's like a little mic with a cord. It's like they took it from a three-year-old girl's room. It's like, it's like my little pony radio. It's like, repent. Like it's just, you can't hear them. This guy was just yelling at everyone, repent, repent. I was like, bro, I agree with your message, but I'd probably do it a little different if it was me. Like, and it, and it kind of just was turning people off. And it's just like repentance, I think, gets a bad rap. But I want to suggest to you today, church, that repentance is one of the most hope-filled beautiful words in all of Scripture. One of the most gracious, hopeful words in Bible. Repentance is saying, I've been going my own way, following my own wants, my own path, my own sin, my own desires. I've been indulging in whatever I want, and I'm not going to go that way anymore. I realize that this is making me sick, and I'm going to go a different way. It's, it's more than I'm sorry, and I feel bad, so I need grace to make me feel better so I can keep doing the same stuff I've been doing. It's not that. See, uh, the biblical Hebrew, uh, the word repentance is made up of two verbs. The verbs are shuv, which means to return, and the word nakim, which means to feel sorrow. So to return, return where? Return back to the Father. Return back to the original design. Return back to the way God intended us to be. And to do so knowing, man, I messed up. That wasn't right. In the Greek, the Greek word for repentance is metanoia, and it means to think differently. It's like an afterthought different to the former thought. It's a change of mind, a change of heart, a change of behavior, a change of way. So repentance is going a different way. It's not just, hey, I'm sorry, forgive me my sin. It's, I've been going my own way, indulging in whatever I want, and now I'm going to turn and return back to the way I should be going. I'm going to return back to God's way, His Word, His truth. I'm going to go back towards the Father. The, our culture says go your way, but repentance says go a different way. Go a different way. Acts 3.19, I love this. It says, repent, then as you turn to God, turn, shift, don't keep going the same way. It's a change. It's not just that I'm sorry. It's I'm going to change my direction. 
so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I love that. See, the refreshing you're looking for, the satisfaction, the freedom, the life that you're looking for, it starts first when you turn away from the way you've been going, you're indulging, whatever you want to do. Turn away, then your sin is wiped away. Then, friends, then you get the times of refreshing. It starts, that refreshing you're looking for doesn't start, that fullness, that life, that, that satisfaction, it doesn't come from following all your indulgences and going wherever you want. It comes when you turn and you repent and God wipes away your sin and then you have refreshing and it's refreshing to the, your very soul. Here's a question I want you to ask. Is there a way I'm going? All of us should ask this and maybe even every day. Is there a way I'm going that I need to turn from? Is there a way I'm going right now that I'm just indulging parts of me that I shouldn't and I need to return back to the way God is calling me to be? What's beautiful about this word repentance is that it's an open invitation to all of us. Like every single one of us, no matter who we are, what we've done, has an open invitation right here, right now. Ben, you guys can come and join me. To make a change, to turn, to stop allowing culture to permeate in and cause us to live a faith that is cheapening grace, doing whatever I want to do, and just coming and singing some songs on a Sunday. But it's actually an open, beautiful, gracious invitation to say, I'm going to turn today, and I'm going to return back to the way God has made me to be. I'm going to return back to His ways. I'm going to return back to His original design. I'm going to let Him redeem and restore and heal and wipe away and refresh as I go another way. My prayer is that for some in this room, you came in one way, and I pray that there's a moment here that you turn and as you leave, it's like you, you leave a different way. You don't leave, this, you don't leave walking the same way you came in. You come in one way, but you go, you know what? I, I need to stop just living a life of indulgence and following every hunger and thirst I might have. I'm going to turn. That's my move. I just got to turn and go back towards God. He'll wipe away my sin, and then I'll receive the refreshing I'm looking for. Can I pray for you, church? Awesome. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for every person here today that they took the time and made the effort to get up, to get in their cars, to battle a crazy car park and find their way here to be with you. And so, Father, I pray for any of us who are battling with this, trying to conform to the dominant culture of this world maybe we're under intense pressure to conform father i pray that we would be more concerned with our personal transformation than we are a corporate conformation where we try and be like the rest of the world i pray you give us strength and courage to stand true and firm in the midst of a changing culture that preaches tolerance but wants conformity Help us to know that we aren't conformed to the patterns of this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. Renew our minds, I pray, O oh God. And God, I pray for us that we wouldn't allow the culture of indulgence in our society, in our world right now, to 
cause us to cheapen grace and live however we want. But Lord, I pray that we would live a life of just repentance, of turning every day, turning away from the things that we shouldn't be doing, the life that we want to live. Lord, we're going to turn away. We're going to go towards you. And in that place, God, I thank you we find deep, true satisfaction, refreshing, fulfillment, and life. Help us today, if we need to turn and return back to you, to do so. I want to pray one more prayer, just with your eyes closed and head bowed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, maybe you've never made a decision to follow him before, or maybe today you're one of those people who's like, man, Steve, I've been walking my own way. I've been indulging on my own stuff, and I need to repent today. I need to turn back to God. Truth is, friends, God loves you. God made you. God's got a great plan for your life. We all sin and mess up, and our sin, it separates us from God, but God in his grace sent his own son, Jesus, to a cross. When he died on that cross, he took upon himself everything you and I would do for our sin. And he extends to every one of us today, not judgment, not condemnation, but grace. A brand new start, a brand new life. Get to walk into the plans that God has for you. He's got a good plan for your life, friends. And then, friends, there's this great promise of eternity in heaven with him. If you're here today and you're not right with God, if you're online today and you're saying, Steve, I've been living my own way. I need to repent. I need to turn now back to God. I want to invite you to pray this simple prayer with me. I'm going to pray it out loud. You just pray it in your heart. No matter where you are, pray this with me right now. Say these words. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. But I believe, Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn. I repent. I turn from my old way. And I turn to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Take control of my life. I place it in your hands. I ask you to be the Lord of my life today. Make me brand new from the inside out. I choose from this day to live for you. In Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed. If you pray that prayer, either for the very first time or you're getting right with God today, this is your repent moment. I'll, I want you to be really brave. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, if you pray that prayer, I want you to be really brave, and I want you to put your hand up nice and high. Now, I'm not doing that to embarrass you or stand you up. All I will do is I will see you from here. I'll acknowledge you, and you can put your hand straight back down. This is just a little step of faith. That's what I want you to do. Put a bit of action to your decision. Take a little step of faith. Are you ready on the count of three? One, two, three. Hands going up nice and high right now. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, right down the back. Thank you. Thank you to my right. Awesome. Anyone else? Yeah, to my right as well. Thank you so much. Yes, online. Thank you, online. We see you too. Amen. Amen. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. That's me. That's me. This is your moment. Saying, yeah, I'm making this decision. I'm praying this prayer. I'm starting again. I'm turning around. This is me. Thank you, God. Yeah, we see you also online. Thank you so much. Congratulations. It's so good. Well, Lord, we thank you so much for what you're doing in this house. Thank you for the lives transformed and turned around, both in the room and online. And God, we thank you. We praise you. I pray that they truly would know the refreshing that comes from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Put your hands together for all those people. How good is that? Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz